Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, lax rats alike, welcome back to another episode of The Crease Dive. Today is Monday, May 8th. We've got 17 teams left playing men's Division One lacrosse. The tournament is set and the race to Philadelphia for Memorial Day weekend is on. I am Jordy from Barstool. With me, as always, we've got Dukes on the mic. Dukes selection show last night. It all comes down to this. Uh, I, honestly, I don't think a lot of surprises. Uh, at least I, I don't think so. So how do you feel after uh, these 17 teams were selected for the tournament? It's kind of impressive uh, for Donna to, I would say, get the bracket and get the seedings mostly correct and still look like a fucking bozo after some rules come out. Um, like, we were just talking before the show just about, like, for any, anyone out there, how they, they had the rule about, like, they didn't want rematches and, like, the way that they were coming up with the seedings is dumb. Donna, I think, got the bracket right and still ended up being the biggest loser of the night. So just shout out to Donna for being a consistent loser year after year. Um, some things don't change. The, the seedings change, but something's consistent. And that's Donna being a loser. Yeah, and one thing on that, I mean, I, I know that Donna isn't technically on the yeah. committee this year, but, like, here's the thing. Donna's not a person, right? Donna, yes. Donna's a machine. Like, the like Donna, there, there was someone just using Donna's body like there, there was just a body for Donna to be in last year during the selection committee. Um, Don, it, like that was just a cog in the wheel, right? Donna is a mindset. Um, and, and it's just, it's, it's the puppeteer, right? P, like just moving everything together. So I know that Donna physically wasn't on the, the selection committee this year. That doesn't mean that she wasn't the one orchestrating these strings. So yeah, I mean, credit to her, the bracket, um, really, I don't have a ton of uh, ton of hangups on the bracket, but yeah, it, it was hilarious. So I, I forget. So Inside Lacrosse put this out. Uh, it's important note, the NCAA does not seed beyond the top eight. Two main considerations for first round matchups are avoiding conference rematches and limiting the number of flights to two. The threshold for a bus trip is 400 miles. So part of me understands the the travel can like if, if you if if there's like a i'm not saying like a team that should be like a 15 seed should jump up to an 11 just because it makes it easier for travel but like if you're like flirting between like anywhere from like 13 to 15 i, I don't like have like a huge hang up on that it does make it easier for everybody <clears throat> the avoiding conference rematches is like like what the fuck are we doing here right yeah. like <clears throat> like i, I have point? no idea why that should be like at this point, like fuck conferences at this point of the season, you've got 17 teams who cares what conference they're in. Like just right. because we just saw them play each other in the big 10, like four times in a row, if they deserve to be where they're ranked, where they deserve to be where they're ranked, then who gives a shit? Yeah. I think that was, uh, it's an insane rule because I also part of the, part of the reason you get like losses, I feel like in the regular season is so you can, you can like pay, get that chance to pay back redemption in, in the tournament um i think that's honestly one of the stupidest things i wish they came out and they said no we're purposely trying to do rematches we're like setting up things, rematches for the quarterfinals or something like i don't know I, I thought the whole thing was uh dumb yeah dumb, dumb, dumb. yeah i mean uh, to totally agree I, I know that good friend of the program was uh dan arestia was ha having a, a fun little time with the bit about travel costs last night during the selection show um 
But I again, like I, I unless we get like Joe Sai to come out here and just foot the bill for everyone's you know plane rides, like then whatever. And for the most part, I mean, who's hopping on a plane anyway, right? It, it's just, just going to be what I, I guess Utah, U- Utah, Notre Dame. So mm-hmm. um, real quick before we even keep going, the, the quick little peek behind the curtain for everybody listening or watching on YouTube. Dukes, are, are we cutting out internet wise? I, I know that you seem a little bit frozen to me. Am I frozen to you? No. Okay. I, I, you're, you're coming through. You're just a little bit glitchy, but I hear everything that you're saying. No, no, no. Everything's, everything's good. Everything's, everything's, everything's good. All right. Uh, well, yeah. So let's just, uh, let's kind of go down. Listen, I think we all knew Duke, Virginia, Notre Dame were going to be the top three seeds, right? They've clearly separated themselves from the rest of the pack so far this season. Um, the only teams that can really take them down are themselves. Um, so, I mean, are, are you surprised at all at, at the order of them, right? I think that Duke kind of earned that one seed. They, they had the fewest amount of slip-ups between the all of them, but um, I, know, I know that you're the biggest, biggest Notre Dame guy on the internet. Are, are you a little salty that Virginia got that, uh, second seed, despite the fact that Virginia beat Notre Dame twice in the regular season. No, I think it'd be so dumb if Virginia wasn't number two. Uh, like again, there's this. It's just, it's where would Notre Dame be if they played Duke twice instead of Virginia twice? You can make the argument the number one seed. So it's just the way that this trio works out is Duke's better than Notre. Uh, Duke. Notre Dame is better than Duke. Virginia can't be Duke, right? Yeah. Virginia yeah, can't I, beat Duke. I, Notre Dame beats Duke. Notre Dame definitely can't beat Virginia. It's a uh, – what? what is it? It's, it's a paradox, right? Yeah. It's, it's, like, it's just like – it... they don't – yeah, it, the, the three of them just – they have – it's like a very uh, toxic relationship where it's just like they like, – like, I don't know. They have to they, like I, I firmly believe that like Notre Dame's like if we don't have to play Virginia we're winning the national championship and I think they will too. Yeah, but I well, yeah, but I, they're probably gonna end up having yeah. to play them in the yeah. final four. So uh, mm-hmm. tough, tough break for them. Um, yeah, I mean I think listen, it's it's kind of the same thing. Like uh, like we'll we'll talk about and and we can even get into this right now. Um, where if we want to go on the complete opposite end of the spectrum so you got the first three teams that are in um the last three teams that were fighting for that spot right you had uh yale penn and denver and you know i I get like listen i i've been over the past seven days or so and, and maybe even for a little bit longer than that i've been the number one yale hater on the internet um with that being said like listen but between those three teams yale easily deserves to be the one that gets in um obviously it'd be nice to like storybook ending for, for Bill Tierney at Denver. Um, if, if Denver was able to get that one last tournament game in, but at the end of the day, Yale beat Denver in the regular season. So I don't know how you would put Denver in over Yale. Um, and Penn just right. hasn't done nearly enough this year to be deserving of an at large. So uh, yeah, I mean, Yale, Yale gets it done. And as, as a number one hater of Yale, um, as a guy who has really, found like just uh, a hatred that's burning so, so hot in my heart right now, especially for the fan base 
Um, I'm so glad that they're in this tournament because now I get to hate them for another week. I got to hate them for one more Saturday, at least. I'll be honest. I don't even think, I think I might even be able to hate them a little bit longer this season because I would put Georgetown on quote unquote upset alert. Um, I mean, listen, they got upset last year as a, as a two seed. Uh, let's, let's not act like they can't get upset again this year as a seven seed. Um, right. And right. would love to see would love to see Virginia versus Yale in the quarterfinals. Um, just going back to to the battles that they've had in the tournaments over the past couple of years. Yeah, no, I think that it would be dumb not to put Georgetown on upset alert, given also their soft ish Big East schedule. Um, like yeah, they they had a great Big East uh, tournament, um, murdered Providence, and then kind of kicked the shit out of. They did kick the shit out of Denver, so yeah, I think I think Georgetown have to put on upset alert just given that I feel like they haven't really been tested. Well, Yale kicked the shit out of a Cornell team that I think is Final Four good. Um, Chase Erland didn't have his day, but I mean, Jack got to tip your cap to Yale. How about I'll I'll give this up, Leo Johnson, I believe it was who smacked that Cornell kid on the ass after that goal. Uh, it it was one of the the most hateable things I've ever seen in my life. It was so disrespectful. I don't know how a punch wasn't thrown. And it, it made me like, it made me pumped that like, I like has Yale lost that, like that swagger that like, they're the most hated team in the country. They know it. And they, they just kind of like eat it up. And like, I was wondering like, did COVID kind of get rid of it? Cause they don't really have like the senior leadership. There's on these 2018 teams, like these final four teams. Leo Johnson smacking that kid's ass might, might have Yale all the way back. Yale might be a, a foot into Philly after that smack in the ass. So, no. No. Um, yeah. Because here's the thing. One, uh, listen, I'm, I'm glad that you went with the with the hateable approach to it because it was extremely hateable. I, I was a little bit nervous when you first brought this up that you'd be like, Leo Johnson uh, smacking that kid on the ass. Like, that was fucking awesome. Like, this team's back. Like, no, like, it is so fucking hateable. And fuck that team. But here's the thing. During the Ivy League championship game, when Yale was getting their dicks stomped in, right? Like Yale's dicks were so inverted into their own body after getting just stomped and stomped and stomped by Princeton time and time again. Um, but at one point, I forget who it was on Princeton, but scored a goal from like pretty much like right inside the box. Uh, Yale defender fell down, like trying to close out on him. Princeton defender kind of like points out on him like probably said like something along the lines of like, yeah, you little bitch. And then the Yale defenseman like got up and tried to chase him down, like off the field. First off, they were already losing by like eight at this point. And second of all, if you can't be the team, if you're going to dish it out, you got to expect it to come back to you, right? Like you can't be salty about some guy taunting you while you're on the ground when you've got Leo Johnson smacking guys on the ass. So um, that right there just proves to me that, that they're a team, they can dish it out, but they can't take it back. And that just that that's the epitome of um, mental fragility to me. So I don't think that this team, I don't think that Yale has what it takes to deal with adversity in the tournament. When things are going really well for them, yeah, they're a wagon. They can they can get it going and they can feed off of that juice. The moment the wheels start falling off the wagon, boom, this team is fucking cooked. Hand up, I didn't know that. I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, it was that's that might be more hateable. That's like that's equally, in my opinion, as hateable, but in the worst sense. Like, not like you can't even say like that's the type of guy that I want on my team. Like, you know, like he's so hateable. That's the type of guy you hate to play against him. You love to play with him. Like, that's like your. 
I, I don't even know. I, I, I don't even. I'm talking about a kid. I don't even know, but you know what I'm saying. Fuck. That. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, know, yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. Um, but yeah, so well, so we we just brought up Princeton. Uh, after they just stomped out Yale in the Ivy League championship. Uh, Princeton right now, they are playing some dangerously good ball. And they had, I mean, yes, they they had a, a, a hang-up half, about halfway through their season where they went through a gauntlet of teams um, and just couldn't get anything going for them. But right now, they're playing some of their best lacrosse of the season. They've got number five Penn State, right? So they they come in here, Ivy League champs, and they've got Penn State, who we, we've mentioned before. Great bounce back year for Tambroni. Um, I mean, the Trainer brothers just going off this year for Penn State. Uh, Malone, an absolute stud. I, I think that, you know, they've got a solid goalie. They're winning some faceoffs. I think the Penn State's a really good team um, who, unfortunately, were just one of the f- – what, what was it like five teams that ended up being the one seed in their conference tournament and then lost uh, in the semifinals. So, I mean, maybe Penn state got hurt a little bit by having the week off and they just didn't look nearly as good uh, as they could have against Michigan in that uh, semifinal, but Princeton right now looks really good. So if there's one other team besides Georgetown that I'd have on upset alert, uh, it would be Penn state going down to Princeton. Yeah. Princeton looked very impressive yesterday in the Ivy League championship. Uh, and we've been alluding to it for a couple episodes now, but like there's just a couple teams, like again, one through one through three, one through four, and a bunch of teams that uh, I think I really believe are an upset alert. Penn State's definitely one of them. Uh, it's not like they're a killer at the specialist spots at goalie and uh, faceoff. They're good. Um, but yeah, I, I think that uh, Princeton definitely has the juice. I think they kind of figured out their faceoff situation after Sandoval went down. And uh, yeah, I, I think Princeton definitely could get, could get get a dub this weekend. Is is there any other team right now? Any other seeded team that you would put on on upset alert? The the Duke's ears just perking up at, at anything here? Yeah, there's there's a there's a couple. I mean. Look, I love Cornell. You're talking about – we were talking about this. We're going to find out now. We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. Which team has the most complete face-off unit? Is, is it Cornell or Michigan? Um, Michigan, one of the hottest teams in the country. Um, one, of, one of my favorite teams to watch. Go Blue. Cornell, Cornell potentially on uh, upset alert, I, I believe. Um, bombs really good. Um, what's the guy with the Z name? Zawada. So good. Um, I, I love watching Justin Brown, the midfielder. And he 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 moves and he has five yards of separation. If this kid hit net, if this kid hit net, like just just at a twenty two percent clip, he, he's he's legitimately an all pro. What 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 did it, what was that? His first goal in like twenty two shots. Yeah, and someone was like, "Someone was I like, I, I said, I tweeted out immediately. I just go pro, and someone was like, "No, he's that's his first goal of the season, and it was like the first time I, it's legitimately the first play I've seen him play. I saw one play, and I was like, that. I'm not kidding though. I think that like, I think he could actually. I, I, I talked myself into this. Paul Rabel liked my tweet, so put the tinfoil cap on. I think I think that we got a pro on our hands, um, but he he like just like 
the, the guy moved and, and had five five yards separation between him and the defender. I was like, holy fuck. That rip, that that, that shot was a two-pointer in the, in the PLL on the run lefty. Yeah, I mean it was it was a big time it was a big time splash. Um listen, here's what I'll say about Michigan. Anyone who's been following me on Twitter over the past couple weeks, anyone who's been listening to the podcast over the past couple weeks, you know that I've fallen deeply and madly in love with the Michigan Wolverines. Um this team, they seem like a team of destiny at the very least. They seem like America's team right now. Um just, you know, to to think about where this program has now brought themselves to, right? Like it, it's been years where everyone's like, dude, how is Michigan not better? Right? Like that you've got this incredible school, you've got these incredible facilities. Like it should be so easy to recruit kids there. And just year after year, they haven't been able to get it done. They've been building, but they haven't been able to get it done. So it was uh great to see them finally, you know, get into this spotlight, win the conference tournament, get into the NCAA tournament. Um, so, you know, congrats to the boys, congrats to coach Conry, uh, con- congrats to, you know, everyone who came before them to get them to this point. My heart wants Michigan so bad in this game, but my brain knows that it's been such an emotional ride for them over the past couple of weeks. There's gotta be a letdown somewhere. What goes right. up? always comes back down um, huge emotional week for Michigan. They're probably feeling better than they've ever felt before. They've probably got alumni um, just, you know, fire like group chats going crazy. Um, the only thing is that they're still across to be played. And I think that Cornell has the pedigree, right? They, they were in the final, they were playing for the national championship last year. And they've got a little bit more fire under their ass after going down um, in the uh, in the Ivy League semifinals. So Cornell, they've proven that they're one of the best teams in the country this year all year long, except for the Ivy League semifinal. Um, they've got the fire under their ass. Michigan flying a little. I just don't want them to be flying too close to the sun. So give me a great game. Um, again, my heart really wants Michigan in this one. Once it's so bad, I just don't see that happening. Right, uh, I think that Michigan. Uh, I think Michigan could could pull up the win, but I do agree at the end of the day with you. I think Cornell does win. I guess like another another like, are we going to put Maryland on upset alert? Uh, no. I'm not no, either. I, I think people, people talk about that. That's a trendy pick. It's it's going to be a trendy pick, right? Because um, and and listen, this is another thing too, where like like I'm trending towards being a, a big time Maryland hater, and I want I want to clarify something on that i'm not a maryland hater i'm just so out on john tillman right now and his goddamn antics and we'll get to the uh to the connery handshake in in just a minute here um but one for starters the month of may belongs to maryland it it has for the past decade and it'll continue to belong to maryland for a, a much longer time um army wins the patriot league championship good for them we've said before like army is they're good, sure, but like, who have they beaten this year? Nobody. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not. Listen, I, I love the troops. Thank you for your service. Uh, but you guys are, uh, listen, you're, you're, you're running into a team where like this, like the army, like they defend the country, like that's what they do. Um, are the, the U.S. military is, is the best in the world, and they will stomp out anyone who tries to come our way. They're so goddamn good at that. It's it's what they've been bred to do. Here's the thing: they, they haven't been bred to beat Maryland in in an NCAA tournament game. 
right. like that like that's what maryland does what maryland does better than almost anybody in the country anybody in the world is win lacrosse games in the month of may so uh no i'm, I'm not putting maryland on upset alert give me a give me a good tight game um but not upset alert i'll tell you too <clears throat> stone cold box this is don't look at the number just take it Notre Dame's going to kick the crap out of Utah. And when I mean kick the crap out of Utah, they are going to win. Like, uh, this is not even like Maryland, Notre Dame, 2021, like Notre Dame by five. This is Notre Dame by like 10 plus. This is going to be like a Cleveland State Notre Dame game. Why do I say that? Utah has kicked the shit out of ace on opponents, put up goals against uh, ace on opponents. They have not faced a goalie like Liam Engineman this year. They have not faced a defender like Chris Fake this year. They have not faced a defensive unit like Notre Dame this year. Notre Dame knows that Utah's coming in as this high-profile Golden State Warriors run-and-gun offense that's going to try to put up a lot of goals on you. One, Notre Dame could do that right back to you. You're looking at two of the top five uh, goals per game. I, I think Notre Dame's going to kick the shit though out of Utah. Notre Dame's going to get their points it's if Utah gets theirs. Second, Virginia is going to kick the shit out of uh, Richmond. That those are my two stone stone cold locks. Like, yeah, just I've, like, I've been, don't think so about I've, it. Just take it. I've been seeing people um, with with the take that, uh, and I forget who. So earlier in the season, so these two teams played against each other at the beginning of of March. So this was. You know, but for all intents and purposes, years ago. Uh, but March fourth, we had Richmond taking the trip to Virginia, and they go down twenty-five to eight. A um, lot of people saying things like, "Oh, well, you know, it, it's it's going to be closer this time, right?" Like Richmond's finding it out. Who gives a fuck, dude? No, they're like, it's not going to be closer. Like again, the only this reason- is, like like this is what Virginia does. Like it, it, the the only reason why it wouldn't be. And, and maybe this is what you were about to get to is just because Virginia's kind of taken their foot off the pedal yeah. uh, the past like seven days. And and then they're going to go into this game and they're probably going to know like, Hey, like we can just roll out of bed and smack the shit out of Richmond. So um, 25 to eight, what's that quick math, 17 goals. Uh, I, I think that maybe this one comes. Yeah. You, you want it to be closer. It'll be a 12 goal game. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it comes down to this, like figuring it out against two. Like the A10 is a great conference. I think the A10 was built. I'm big on the A10 conference in general. I think that they have a lot of good lacrosse schools, and I think that like eventually it could become even better than like the Big East. But let's not kid ourselves. Like Virginia, when Virginia wants to turn it on, they're going to turn it on. And like I think Schellenberger, I think Dixon, I think that whole core of like Sawstead, everybody like this is low key. Not going not to say the last run because Virginia just they just reload, but like. Some of the identity that they've had from these championship teams, like the last kind of pieces from those championship teams, this is their last two routes together. So, yeah, I think that uh, I think Virginia is not going to take anything for granted. I think they're just going to roll. It's not on to the next one. I think it's just kill mode now. Yeah, yeah, uh, big agree on that one. Um, Hopkins Bryant is is one where I I don't really have a feel for it, mainly because I don't know much about Bryant. If we're being totally honest, I do know. Um, I noticed I, and maybe they've done this, uh, for a couple years now. Um, but Bryant historically has had some of the most dog shit uniforms in all of college across when they were, uh, wearing the Adidas. Um, they always look so fucking bad. And they're, they're one of those teams that like always had like the black cleats and black socks. And like that never does it for me. Um, 
But, you know, I, I got a chance to watch that game against Albany uh, in the America East uh, final. And they, they look they looked the part now. Right. They've got the New Balance uniforms. They've got the Warrior helmet. So they looked the part. Um, I don't know much about Bryant. I mean, just looking at their, you know, give me a take, though. Give me a take on Bryant. Make up a take about Bryant. Let's just like let's start something up. Right. People, I mean, people I mean, are going like, to see Bryant for the first time this weekend. My my take on Brian is that they're going to grind you down, right? They're they're going to make it hard for you to you know get any advance ad, advantage between the boxes. Um, I think that they're going to play some really good six on six defense. They're going to make you work for your opportunities. Um, you know, I, I think that they're a team that you know they're they're really going to take advantage of uh, unsettled situations and not i'm not saying in transition that they're going to push it but you know maybe some broken plays i think they're a team that can really get some juice from that so everything that i've seen from bryant this year leads me to believe that they're going to be a tough out um and and everything that i've seen from hopkins this year leads me to believe that i'm just not quite sure who they are i think that hopkins hopkins has a chance and, and you might call me crazy here hopkins has final four potential yeah, I, 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 saw I don't think that it's completely out of the picture for a Hopkins Notre Dame matchup in the quarterfinals and for Hopkins to just play the game of their lives and, and win that one. Um, Everything I, has I, to I go right for Hopkins that game, though. Everything has to go yes. right for Hopkins that game. It, it, the defensive matchups, yes, for sure. But again, do, who has the Kavanaugh's? Uh, very fair point, but it's I, also but Tim, I, Tim Marcel, Tim Marcel, I'm sorry to interrupt, but Tim Marcel, the Hopkins goalie, he does, he does have that. I know shout out to Diggs. He has the him Marcel in him where he, he can just get 70% safe, like plus, and that will win you a game. So like he has a chance to win you a game. He has that like X factor to him. Yeah. I, I think that Tim Marcel is actually, I think that he's like the, the epitome of Hopkins lacrosse this year where he has the ability to, to again, like, like you said, and shout out dig the, the him Marcel, he can take over a game. He can also be really bad. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's like kind of where I, where I'm juggling, like what Hopkins team is going to show up in may here. Um, so, I mean, like you said, like if, if we get a Hopkins Notre Dame matchup in the quarterfinals, everything would have to go Hopkins way in order to win that one. But there are a lot of teams out there where even if everything went their way, they still don't beat Notre Dame. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's like that, that's where I think Hopkins, like Hopkins is at a point They're they're a team that can beat Notre Dame if everything goes their way. Um, and there aren't many of those teams out there. So they have final four potential. It just depends on what version of Hopkins we see show right. up in the tournament. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I bullshitted my way into talking myself into thinking the Bryant keeps it close and I have no idea what I'm talking about, but that's, that's the beauty of the take. Uh, also, I got Hopkins in an, I got Hopkins in a nail biter there. I'm taking Hopkins, but I'll also say something that I wanted to draw back to is if you listen back to what Jordy said about how Bryant can grind you out and, and, it, and his, you know, cause the number one Bryant support over here, you could basically say that about any team that wears black socks, just for the, just for the record, like army, be- you could say that about, yeah, like you, I know you're getting, but just any team that wears black socks in the future, just take what Jordy said and be like, yep, that's how, that's how they're going to play. <laughs> they're, they're not, not going to beat you with skill. They're not yeah. going to beat you with skill. Dude, dude, I think that if I was, you, you should just get all your, you should just get like the whole Springfield Black team just to wear black socks and just throw everybody off. I, I, would, I would quit. <laughs> 
if I had one, if I had one kid show up to play a game for me wearing black socks, I'd send him home. That's so funny. Yeah, I no, I tend to agree. I tend to agree. Dude, those guys slide high, high and late. Dangerously high, dangerously yeah. late. Um, all right. So, well, so so far the only matchup that we haven't touched on yet um, is Duke, and they'll be taking on the winner of Delaware versus Marist. Uh, Delaware and Marist, the play-in game on Wednesday at seven p.m. Uh, I, I mean, I, I like Delaware a lot. I, I, I think that Delaware probably takes care of Marist, and I think that um, I, I mean it'll be interesting to see what that defense can do holding up against Duke. Um, obviously, we all know about. Owen Grant, um, you know, I think Delaware's got a pretty solid goalie. And then if they're able to get a couple stops, they've got the guys on offense who can do something with the ball, right? Ty Kurtz, Mike Robinson, guys that um, are, are definitely lethal, lethal enough to get by just that absolute mountainous Duke defense. Uh, may, maybe not. Um, I, I don't see any slip up there for Duke, but I do think that Duke versus Delaware could be a, a fun game to get us into the tournament. Yeah, I think that'll be a uh, like a fun a fun game. I think that Duke kind of got a tough draw there, but at the same sense, like you're gonna have to beat everyone you play. So like, there's like just fucking win. Uh, I, I got Duke, uh, of course. Yeah, but yeah, uh, it'll be interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we'll probably touch on Final Fours. I mean, eventually. But <clears throat> do you have all chalk? So, so in the Final Four. This does seem in my, like my heart, I don't want it to be, but my brain, I'm thinking that this, this year's final four is going to be brought to us by shark chalk. I think that shark chalk is going to be the presenting sponsor of the final four. Uh, I, I do like those top four seeds. And I think that the, like, that would honestly be probably the best for lacrosse. I think that we're going to get right. Like it, Think about Memorial Day weekend. You've got the casuals, the, the people who never watched lacrosse at all over the over the course of the season. They're flipping through the channels. They know, oh yeah, there's lacrosse on. Like it's the final four. Like, let me just tune in for a second here. And I think that Duke versus Maryland and Notre Dame versus Virginia is going to give them the most compelling games to watch. One, they're going to be programs that they at least know the names of, right? Like, yeah. Uh, like I I don't know. Like I, I just think. I think that those are the games that are going to draw people in, have them keep the game on for a little bit. Um, right. and, and then it'll end up being a really good weekend for lacrosse. Now going into the quarterfinals, I, I do, I'm not going chalk around the board. I, I think I, I like Yale to get that win over Georgetown and I'm really talking myself into Princeton getting that win over. Oh, I, think over Princeton, I, think Princeton, I think Princeton should be favored. Yeah, I, I mean, you look back at at what happened uh, during the regular season, and and didn't Penn State the Penn State or did I don't know if Penn State and Princeton played. Now that I'm thinking about it off the top of my head, I know the Princeton ended up losing to Maryland, uh, Georgetown. I mean, that that was a tough go that they went in, but I don't know if I would. I, I, I'd say pick them at, at best. No, they won't actually be favored, but. I but yeah, so I, I like I like those two teams uh, to to move on. So we won't get total chalk all the way through. But my final four, yeah, I'm, I'm going one, two, three, four. Dukes, your, your final four predictions. I think I think Maryland is it, shockingly after all of this. I think Maryland is my biggest lock to be in the final four. 
like I think they have the best draw out of any any of the uh, any of the teams. I think that Maryland beats Army, and I think they either beat uh, Penn State or Princeton. <clears throat> now going to the Virginia side, I think Virginia probably gets it done uh, again. I mean, Georgetown has the talent, but I still think Virginia is better. Uh, that's like I think Virginia beats Yale, but I think that Georgetown could make things a little bit interesting. Uh, you know, nothing to lose. Have the talent there. I believe Notre Dame will get there. I think that Hopkins, he gave them the scare, but I do believe that Notre Dame gets there. Um, the one that's intriguing for me is a potential Duke-Cornell matchup. I think Cornell can beat Duke. I think Duke's obviously, I think, the world of them, but I think that Cornell can give them the scare. Um, it, it's interesting, for sure. I, I don't know which way to go there. Uh, it, it would be pretty funny if it was like 8-2-3-4 uh, or whatever instead of 1-2-3-4. But, uh, yeah, I'm probably just going to go all chalk. Ah, eh, fuck it. Let's, let me switch it up. I'm going Cornell. Cornell, Maryland, Notre Dame, Virginia. Yeah, but, I mean, you if, – if we – all right, so let's say, like, this was a week ago, right, before the Ivy League tournament. Um, and let's say – so forget about the Ivy League tournament. If the seedings came out last week and it was one Duke, two Virginia, three Notre Dame, four Cornell – I, I think that everyone would would probably agree with that. So yes, um, yeah. So I, I mean, are are they an eight seed? Technically, yes. Like, it, was that just because of an off week and and they yes. could have realistically been a four seed? Yeah. So like at the end of the day, it's it's not that like crazy to to think uh, two, three, four, eight in in the final four, uh, considering who that that eight team is. Um, I, yeah, I mean, there've been a lot of there's been some chatter about uh, if Cornell's defense has been falling off as of late. I don't necessarily disagree with it. Um, and I think if Cornell's going to have an, any hope of getting that win over Duke in the quarterfinals, they're going to need to figure that out soon uh, because you don't need me to tell you how many weapons Duke is loaded with on offense. So um, it's, it's going to be a big test for them. They've got They've got what they've they've got two weeks here to to lock in their defense. Uh, they they just have to take care of business against Michigan this Saturday, and then they'll have to figure it out next Saturday against uh against Duke. Uh, real quick, let, let's just run through the schedule. Obviously, we've got uh, Marist and Delaware as the play-in game, seven p.m. on Wednesday. Uh, the Saturday slate of games it gets going at noon. We've got Richmond and Virginia at noon. You've got Utah, Notre Dame, 2.30, uh, Yale and Georgetown at 5 p.m., Army and Maryland at 7.30. Uh, nice little night game for the Terps there. Uh, on Sunday, get, get all your shit done early because we've got the same schedule for Sunday. We've got Bryant and Hopkins at noon, Michigan, Cornell, that's a 2.30 game. Uh, Marist, or the winner of the play-in game versus Duke at 5, and it all wraps up. Princeton. Penn State, 730. Uh, so nine games coming up here this week. The race is on. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for the weekend. We'll have another episode coming out later this week. Uh, did you want to talk? Uh, oh, you were thinking about I want to hear your take. This is about Maryland. Because uh, one, Kevin Connery, John Tillman, handshake line. What were your thoughts on uh, – Tillman kind of brushing off his former assistant coach. 
Yeah, I'm again like I just I don't want it to get mixed. I'm not a Maryland hater. Love the team a lot. Think they've got a lot of really great guys on that team. And I love the majority of the staff a lot. Big fan of the Bernhards. Bernhards might be my, my favorite family in lacrosse. Cavanaugh's are, are, are running up there right now, but I think the Bernhards are uh, just, just all around guys, all around dudes. What we've seen out of Tillman this year is just gutless coward move after gutless coward move. So whether it's calling for a stick check on a face-off guy, uh, whether it's the, the mentioning to the refs in the Ohio state game about the glove gate. Uh, and, and now, yeah, I mean, you lose to you. Not only do you lose to Michigan in the big 10 championship, you get fucking worked by Michigan uh, in, in the big 10 championship. This is a guy who was on your staff uh, when you won a national championship in, in 2017, right? I'm, I'm pretty sure he was on that staff. Yes. Uh, and, and so he, I mean, dude, that that's a huge win for Kevin Connery of uh, first time as a head coach winning a conference championship. First time that Michigan wins the big 10 championship, like a, a pretty pivotal moment for that, uh, for that program. I'm not saying that John Tillman has to like walk up to him. You don't have to like hug and kiss the guy and be like, Oh my God, I'm so proud of you. Like you've worked so hard for this. And, and I just can't tell you how much it means for me to see you with this success at the same time, give the man a handshake, tell him good luck, right. say congratulations on the win and like, be like, Hey, like you deserve it. And then move on. Like it doesn't need to be a conversation, but the fact that he just like, like basically just like limp hand lip limp handed him and walked out of there like as quick as possible. Um, just, just ridiculous. I mean that, that right there, that was worse to me than Glovegate. Glovegate is cause you've, you've made the argument before where Glovegate is just trying to find a competitive advantage and using the rule book to your, you know, to, to get you help you get a win. I don't agree with it, but there's at least some justification there just fucking blowing off Kevin Connery in, in the handshake line. There's no justification for that. Besides the fact that Tillman is just uh lacks character. No, not, not a character guy, not a guy that I would follow into war. So I said that I, that if Tillman won the national championship, I'd be like, kind of like on Maryland's like, I'd be rooting for Maryland a little bit because it's that Belichick ask like, fuck you. Like, you know, just, just, I'm going to walk back a take. Because something that came across my desk this weekend. And I, I was saving this for the episode. I haven't texted you about this. I got an interesting DM. Do you know who is on the NCAA Men's Lacrosse Rules Committee? Is, is Tillman John on Tillman. it? John Tillman's yeah. on it. Fucking bullshit. Like, that wasn't just a guy knowing the rule book. That's a guy that knows the rules. That's a guy that makes the rules. So, I, I, yeah. I don't know. Tinfoil cap. I'm just saying, like, it, it used to be like, oh, that was, a, that was a sneaky move. Now it's like, no, he probably fucking made the rules. Like, keep that in. Yeah, but I mean that to me that's almost more it's not exactly uh Belichickian, but like that's Yeah, I actually I kind of I, I agree with where you're going with this take and I like, like that take better. Like yeah. like, it, like it's 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 diabolical. It's mischievous to to the ultimate degree. It is uh it's it's just some all-time tomfoolery. Yeah, no, you're right. It's 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 like putting in extra work, like the work that no, like no other coaches want to do. They're like, oh, I want to go to like the beach. Or like, I don't want to recruit as much. Like, blah, blah. Someone's like, no, I'll, I'll, I'll go to like a, a rules committee retreat in 
Wyoming to make the rules but, play some golf. But here's the thing. So like to me, what that is and what you're explaining, like John Tillman's a politician, right? You think about yeah. what politicians do. They, they do all the work right. that no one actually, like no one wants to like run for like a, a town board um, and, and do all that shit and then work their way up the po- political ladder. Politicians are the greasiest, slimiest, backstabbing motherfuckers right. on the planet. They are bad, bad people, but they do the shit that other people don't want to do. They take advantage of that shit, and then they all end up being filthy, filthy rich at the end of it. Um, so they're successful. They're absolute pieces of shit, and that's kind of what we're seeing now with, with John Tillman in lacrosse. He, he's, right. he's writing the rule book. He knows it all. He's doing all the shit that no one wants to do. Um, He's being successful because of it, but at the end of the day, I don't agree with it, right? I, Nancy Pelosi can get fucked, and and right now I'm kind of in the I I, I think that uh, John Tillman is the Nancy Pelosi of college across. There, there's there's a take that 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 might be a take that I'll end on. Yeah, yeah, that 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 that's uh that's good. That sounds like a, like a Shane Gillis thing. Fucking Nancy Pelosi's a bitch. One of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things from a stand up set. But yeah, I, I got. Pretty much nothing else. Um, I mean, we'll have the episode re- like to preview the games. Uh, that was kind of just a need to sleep on a take, need to process the selection show as well as succession. So it was good to get some rest in before going straight to the mics. Um, but yeah, I got, I got nothing else. All right. Well, uh, yeah, it all gets going on Wednesday. You know what we should do, Dukes? Uh, and, and this is, again, a little peek behind the curtain. We're doing some scheduling right now. Let's let's fire up the uh, the weekend preview episode. Let's hit the mics after the Delaware Maris game wraps up. Yep. So, Perfect. Uh, so we'll, yep. So we'll have that episode out for you guys on Thursday. Uh, in the meantime, make sure that you are following us, Twitter and Instagram, where they're at the crease dive on both uh, TikTok, stool crease dive. Make sure that you guys, guys, Listen, final push of the college lacrosse season. This is May. This is what it all means. The least you can do for the boys, hammer that subscribe button on YouTube. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell all your enemies. Hit the subscribe button. Let's get those numbers up. And in the meantime, we'll be keeping it low to high until the day we die. We out.